To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have back on my friend David Brinker. So I met David years ago back when he was one of the head guys at Sitka, and we've kept in touch ever since. Uh, I've had him on the podcast multiple times, and we always have these amazing in-depth conversations, and I can always really relate to David. Uh, He's really honest and authentic about... Uh, you know, uh, depression and anxiety and things of that nature. And and on today's podcast, we talk about hunting, but we talk about structuring our lives for happiness. We talk about leading an intentional life and and uh, how important it is, uh, how important it is for our family and and for ourselves. And so. It just made for this great podcast. I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. Uh, Make sure to check out David's new podcast, The Altitude Show. He's got some great guests on there. In fact, I'm going on there in the next couple weeks. We're going to release an episode, a totally different conversation that we had on his podcast where he interviews me. I think it turned out really good, but he just has some, uh, some great insight and great guests on there. So make sure to check that out. Also, make sure to check out uh, David's music. He has such a passion for writing and singing his music and does a great job as it really ties to Western hunting. Uh, And I really have this connection with his music as well. So make sure to check that out. And with that, just going to thank a couple sponsors and we'll get right into it. I want to thank Sig Sauer Optics. Uh, Six Hour is, is building amazing optics. In fact, I just got done using their rangefinder on this last hunt. They came out with a new Kilo. They have a 5K, 6K, 8K, 10K. Uh, I have the 5K one, but they came up with a, a, a new download for it, and it's a, an aerospeed download. So it's for cuts, for angle compensation. And what they did is they factored in aerospeed to it because it makes such a difference what your aerospeed is to what your cut is on a downhill shot. Uh, so they gave me a prototype and I was able to proof it on downhill targets. And my shot on my buck was a, a 50 yard shot is what the rangefinder read, but it was a 40 degree slope and it had to be perfect and put a good arrow in that buck. I uh, just have complete confidence in it. So nice to be able to put my aerospeed in there and know that it's not going to be off by a yard or two. So if you're in the market for a new rangefinder, I really believe these are the best ones on the market. They'll shoot the same ranges on light and dark targets. They've got a powerful laser to shoot through grass and debris. Uh, and then their angle compensation is unmatched by any company out there to put in your exact arrow speed by five feet per second to get it absolutely dialed to your bow. Uh, just a, a great range finder and check out all their optics. Again, you guys have heard me talk about their range finding binoculars. They're actually going to send me a new prototype of these as well. They're going to have, they have a 10 power. They have a 16 power. I love both of those. The 16 power is so light. It goes in my pack. They're actually coming out with a 20 power, which I can't wait to get my hands on. Uh, But uh, make sure to check them out. They're a game changer just to have a stable image. Uh, Ever since I found them a couple years ago, I've been using them on every hunt. I like their standard optics as well. I use their their 15 by 56s on a tripod. Just amazing glass, amazing 
amazing to pick uh, everything apart. Uh, they got a great scope as well, a 27 by 55 by 80 mil objective lens, rifle scopes, anything you could want in optics. And they're uh, just a progressive thinking company that's coming out with great products. So if you're in the market, check them out. Six Hour Optics. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Black Ovis carries absolutely everything you need for your hunt. In fact, I just got done using their game bags. They work flawlessly for me in Nevada. Able to throw them in the washing machine, clean them up. I'll be able to use them again. But just great products and all the top name brands. Uh, They carry a bunch of sponsors from the show like Sig Sauer. They carry Cryptech, Eberly Stock, and so on. So you can find all the top brands, great gear. They also have a great reward system. So... Uh, They have a reward system where one point equals one dollar and you get rewards for the more you spend on their site. Uh, So you can really add up some points there. They'll also give you a couple points for reviews. So uh, you can really get some good gear, get some good bonuses from them. You can also save 10% with the code ELEVATED10. That'll get you 10% off your order, so that'll save you a little cash as well. And also brings weight to the podcast that that our audience is engaged in listening to the advertisement. So uh, thanks for that, guys. It really helps me out. Make sure to check them out over at Black Ovis. I also want to thank Camo Fire, one of the most addictive apps uh, they have over... 80 hunting deals every 24 hours. Things go on sale. Uh, You can save a ton of money there. It's a great auction site, and I know my buddies have got hooked on this site using it. So if you haven't tried it before, make sure to go check it out at Camo Fire. Okay, I also want to thank Forever Barnwood. Uh, Forever Barnwood has some great products. I really like this company. In fact, I'm using them for my own house. I'm getting doors. I'm getting all my base and case trim. I'm also getting some box beams made. But absolutely anything you need for your construction. And what they do is they take new pine and they're able to make it look like old barn board. Uh, They have a bunch of different products in there that just look great in a western home or even a contemporary home for that matter. Uh, it's really catching on, but it's great look out west here. So I've got three homes that I'm placing big orders on that I'm going to be using them in this home. Uh, it's going to look great. I'm using it in my personal home as well. So uh, just can't wait to get my hands on some more of their products. Uh, if you're in the market or if you're building a new house, make sure to check them out at Forever Barnwood. Great price point on their stuff too. So uh, can't say enough good things about this company and thanks to those guys for their support. Over at Eastman's, we have that new Mule Deer School. Make sure to go check it out, guys. It's um, absolutely everything I know about Mule Deer. Uh, You can find the Mule Deer course by searching Eastman's Mule Deer course. Uh, It's got a good price point as well. It takes over eight hours to go through, over 100 videos on there. We're continually adding videos. In fact, I just filmed a bunch on this latest hunt that we'll be adding into the Mule Deer course. Uh, so yeah, I'm really proud of this thing. We put this together. I know Dan Picard has worked really hard on it. We have Guy Eastman in there as well. Uh, so if you want to become a, a better mule deer hunter, if you want to cut your learning curve by years, make sure to check out this online course at Eastman's Mule Deer Course. Uh, along with that, we got some good Beyond the Grids dropping. Uh, we also had the magazines, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal, and, um, Man, a bunch of great products. We're working hard to bring you the best content we can, so I'm really excited about that. And with that, I've been talking long enough. Let's get into this podcast. It's a great one. Uh, We've got David Brinker from The Altitude Show. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. 
Well, cool. Dude, it's really good to connect with you again. I sure had fun. Like, I always have fun talking with you at the, the Western Summit. Uh, ran into you, too, at the at the Expo. We recorded a podcast. And, um, man, I'm just um, I'm so excited for you uh, starting your new podcast, uh, The Altitude Show. You've had some amazing guests and amazing episodes come out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, uh, if you had asked me six months ago if I was going to launch a podcast, I would have said absolutely not, no chance. Um, but for some reason, I woke up one night and decided to do it, and I'm really happy I did because I'm having, uh, like you said, I'm one of the things I've realized, and you know this, Brian, I, I, I got to work at Sitka for a long time, and when you work at a really cool, you know, leading brand you get to meet a lot of amazing people um and you become friends with some of them and since i've moved on i just realized that i not a lot of people get to meet some of the people that i've got to meet so i'm not going to take that for granted and try to document conversations with them for you know for my own enjoyment and learning um but also just for the my my kids to listen to someday and whoever needs wants to listen to inspiring stories, funny stories and everything from hunting to I literally this morning, I just posted an episode with a, 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 a female fighter pilot. So it's kind of, it's a little bit all over the board, but it's just people that I'm, I like listening to their stories and learning from them. Yeah. You have such a diversity of guests. I saw that promo leading up to the female fighter pilot. It looked like an awesome conversation. I have to listen in, but yeah, I think, um, uh, I think you're meant for it, David. Like uh, you're such a conversationalist, and you're so you're such a social person, and you you bring out the best in people as well. And so I think it's the perfect fit for you. And I know it's a lot of work and tough to get something like that off the ground, and you already have a busy schedule. But I I think you're you're really adding to to people's lives, and it's like. Uh, two, you know, like you hear that saying is is you're the combination of the 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 five people you hang out with or the ten people you hang out with or whatever the saying is. But in today's day and age, we connect with so many people through the internet, and people get to really know you through a podcast. And so all of a sudden, you can be one of the people that the masses hang out with or really get to know or get to know how they think and how they. Uh, think about their family and how they think about life and work and all these things. So, like, you're really positively affecting people's lives, which I think is a beautiful thing. I, th- I appreciate that, man. I, I look at you the same way. Um, and that's why, you know, we we always have great conversations, whether it be about hunting or anything. But uh, it's funny because I'm, I'm pretty introverted. I don't really like being around a ton of people. Um but I also at the same time do it, but it just drains me. So I got to take a break afterwards. <laughs> so I'm, I guess I'm an extroverted introvert is what they call it. Um, but so it's funny. I don't actually enjoy talking on the phone a lot um, or like being on, you know, zoom calls or anything like that. But these conversations are different. It's like, it's actually a little bit of a release um, in some, some weird way. Um, but like yesterday I did, you know, I had Lampers back on and Brian Call and Bryce from Peaks and my friend Ryan Bassham. We just did a big group conversation just and we just talked about hunting for two and a half hours, which I haven't really launched an episode only about hunting um, yet, um, which is a big part of my life, obviously. But it's it's fun because I, there's no barriers. It's, 
it's my show. I can kind of do what I want. Like I'm planning on, I'm a golf fan next spring. I think me and my golf buddies are going to sit down and we're going to do a live podcast on the back nine of the masters and like just drink some beers and talk about, you know, the final round. <laughs> so it's like, I, I'm excited just by the pure, it's just a, it's a frontier, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're, we're real similar in that I'm a introvert as well. And I have a podcast, which is really weird. I, I'm a, a good conversationalist and, and I like engaging, uh, with my friends and with my family, but it does exhaust me like you, like to be on to talk all the time. Like I, I come away from a day of that Western summit or a week into that, and I'm exhausted just from visiting with so many people. Now, they're like-minded people, and they're my type of people, and I love the conversations I get to have, and I do enjoy that. But, yeah, if I had my way, I'm an introvert. I like being at my house. I like being with my family. I like my alone time, you know, and I've just – like throughout the years, you get to know yourself a little bit better. Like when you're in your 20s or in your 30s, you, I don't, I didn't really know who I was or what I did like or what I didn't like. But after you start to mature a little bit, you start to find out that, hey, this isn't my gig. I don't like these these social functions or, uh, you know, I'll go to them and I enjoy the conversations I have. But really, I'm an introvert uh, uh, that has a podcast, which is such a weird dynamic. But for some reason, for guys like me and you, it seems to work. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what that is. I'd, I'd have to maybe talk to uh, some, like a, I don't know if it's a psychiatrist or someone that understands the brain, but I, uh, it, it doesn't exhaust me as much as like, you know what exhausts me the most? This is going to sound so stupid to people, but if I have to go to like a group dinner, for example, like when we're at the trade shows, there's always a dinner afterwards. And those dinners usually last like two, three hours. And to me, that is the most exhausting part of the day because I've spent all day talking to people, interacting with people. Like you probably stayed up late the night before and then you go to this dinner and it's a wonderful dinner. The food's fantastic. The people you're with are awesome. But I'm usually like, I feel like I'm in jail kind of because I can't. And that's usually the part of the day where I'm like, you know what? I just want to go stare at my hotel room wall and like not talk to anybody or like just binge on Instagram reels and mindless stuff <laughs> um so yeah man i don't i don't know what it is but you know you and i we get we have the opportunity to uh spend part of our year in the you know one of the most quiet places on earth which is out in the mountains so maybe it's this balancing act we have with we know it's coming up to the point where we're going to be alone a lot and you know we like talking to people that we like yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, Ike asked me at the last show that we did, he's like, man, you don't seem like you're having any fun. And it's like, I'm always the first one in bed. Like, the first out I have, like, uh, no productive conversations come after midnight. Like, I am going to sleep. And also, like, I am running the podcast and take a lot of pride in these in-depth conversations I'm able to have. And if I have too many drinks the night before... I, I'm I'm stupid the next day. Like I I can't think of the words. I can't uh, uh, string my thoughts together. I'm I'm like I'm dumb. And so like maybe you guys can go out and have some drinks, and maybe I can have a couple and have some good conversations. But it starts getting late. I am the first one to disappear and make it back to my hotel room. You know. I don't so, know if you, I don't know if you're I don't know if you get home before me, man. Maybe you and I are very similar. I am like they call it 
like I am infamous from like for like saying I'm going to go to the bathroom and never coming back <laughs> because people like Ike and Guy, like those guys, I don't know like what planet they were born on, but they can like not sleep during those shows. I I can't tell you how many times I've gone to the airport uh, at like. 4.30 in the morning for a 6 a.m. flight out of one of those shows, and I'd see Guy and Ike walking straight in, haven't gone to bed, going to their flight, drinking coffee. I'm like, dude, how do you guys do this? Because I'm like you. I cannot, at those shows, I can usually do one night where I can do like a 1 a.m., but I can't do two. Any, I, I used to be able to do maybe two, maybe three. But, dude, if I do that, I am wrecked for a week. And especially, I, I, I don't do as good of a job the next day, which is the next day you're up at, you know, whatever, 6.37, and then you're going to the show, and you're, you're doing 10 hours of, like, on, light switch on, no downtime. Um, and for those people that can, like, do that on two, three hours of sleep and, like, a, a dozen drinks, good on them. But I have to go back. I have to have at least seven six, seven hours of sleep and not a hangover. Um, there has been a couple times that I, I did pull the all-nighter thing. It was the most miserable day in the booth that I could eat. It was hell. It was honestly, it was hell. Man, I, uh, it's so funny. Like, I just the more I get to know you, the, the, the more I see the similarities in our personalities. But yeah, I, I am that same way. And, you know, I don't like feeling, uh, bad. Like, the next day, I don't like dragging. I don't like feeling dumb. I don't like, uh, uh, you know, I I just so much of my personal happiness comes from like taking good care of myself, getting exercise, feeling good. And, and I also notice that with my personality, like I deal with a bit of depression the next day after I drink. I don't know if it's serotonin. I don't know if it's just feeling crappy. I don't know what it is, but that if I drink a bunch and, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, I like to have a couple, you know, that social lubricant, hang out with buddies and laugh. Like, that's really fun for me. But if I start having too many, like, I definitely pay for it the next day or the next couple days, not only in the way I feel, but uh, the mental side of things. Like, I, I have a bit of depression after I drink that much. So it's it's just like the, the older you get, the more you get to know your body and how it reacts to things. And it's just like I've just figured out, like, that is not healthy for me. It's not good for me. In any aspect and like so much of this life is is um just trying to figure it out and trying to be happy and knowing how it interacts with your body so for me like i just know that i just don't get along that good with it and not that i'm gonna abstain from it i do like having a beer with a buddy or a couple beers every once in a while like that's really fun for me uh but but yeah i can't do the all-nighter and i can't overdo it that's for sure yeah if, if, if uh, i i have anxiety um, so if I, I stay out, if I, it's basically, it's mostly sleep deprivation, but oh. if you add in like dehydration and, you know, a little bit of a hangover, they call it hangxiety <laughs> because, uh, hangovers, if you're an anxious person, they make your anxiety like 10 times worse. So it's actually, it's not that I, I can't deal with a headache or a little queasiness or something. It's actually that I my the state of my anxiety is so bad the next day is pure hell that's why people are like brinker you know stay out have you know let loose let your hair down i'm like first of all i've done that hundreds of times in my early 20s and it was fun um but 
I like my life a lot better now. <laughs> and I'm like you, I like feeling good. Um, but I, so basically what I do is I'll go out, I'll have dinner, I'll have a couple, I, I know exactly where my red lines in the sand are, a couple beers at most, a few beers or, you know, maybe once a year, four beers or something. But as soon as midnight rolls, my mom told me a long time ago, nothing good happens after midnight. And I actually have found that the, the, the times that I have stayed out after, you know, after midnight till two, three, four, the next day I'm like, dude, the last four hours of that were a complete and utter waste of time. <laughs> it wasn't even that fun. Like I couldn't understand anything, what anybody was saying. The music was too loud. Everybody was drunk. Uh, it was just a bunch of nonsense. The first dinner and the first few drinks were really fun. Um, so I've just kind of learned, generally speaking, my mom's old rule of thumb is true. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I believe it. Well, I just, um, man, I, I, uh, uh, love being friends with you and, and, um, I just admire so much how you make these moves in your life to be happier and you make these moves in, in your career to be happier. Like these moves are not easy. Like you're a person that acts upon, uh, like you said, you didn't plan on having a podcast, didn't think you'd ever had one and had this bright idea to have a podcast. And all of a sudden you just started it. Like you're a guy that, that, that acts on his feelings and really makes moves to improve your personal happiness. And, and, and just like, uh, uh, leaving that, that amazing position that you had worked so hard to get at sick and just realizing that, that you weren't happy there and you, you moved back to Oregon with your family and to be closer to your family and, and, um, now I just see uh, uh, really working on your art forms, like your music is amazing. And, and Altitude, uh, you named your podcast after my favorite song that you've done, the uh, Altitude. Uh, that, that album was amazing. Your music is amazing. And now you have this podcast. Uh, I think you step in as an advisor for some of these outdoor companies and then also working real estate there in Oregon. But I just love how you've made these really big moves in your life that are really scary uh, to improve uh, 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 your family life, to improve your own life, your personal happiness, and really like to help other people or to enrich other people's lives, you first have to love yourself. You first have to be happy in your own head before you can make your family's life better or to make your employees' life better or whatever it is. And that realization for me um, uh, took a lot of years, but I just really admire, like you're one of the people that has such an adventurous spirit, not only in your, your bow hunting, but, but just in life in general, man, I really admire that. Well, I think I've told you this, but you're one of the people that inspired me to, to make some of the moves that I have. I mean, you're a guy that has a core, uh, sort of non-endemic to hunting business that you make your living on that allows you to set up your life to go on these amazing adventures and host a podcast and go to these shows. And one of the things I realized working in the hunting industry, and it's just like I used to work in the golf industry a long time ago. And uh, sometimes when you work in these industries, and it depends on the job that you have, but you actually get to do the activity that you want to do less because for a couple reasons. One, usually during the peak season, like if you're in the hunting industry, probably, and you're working for a company, probably your busy season, sales season is during hunting season. So if you're in sales, for example, it's going to be a little tougher for you to leave in the middle of October or September because 
your company needs you. That's when you sell stuff, right? Because men put 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 buying off until like the last minute, and so they're all overnighting their hunting gear to their camp. Um, but you know, regardless of that, like seeing people like you, that because one of the things I struggled with, Brian, was am I the Am I, because I love the hunting industry so much, does that mean that I have to work in the hunting industry 100% of my time? Like, am I, Dave Brinker, the one that works in the hunting industry for the next 35 years, and that's what I do? You know, it was a bit of an identity crisis, but seeing people like you and some other folks, I realized that, no, you don't have to do that. You can make money in other places and the hunting industry and set up your life a little bit more comprehensively to where you're not placing all your chips in one industry necessarily, but you can enjoy the fruits of the industry you love, for example. And I think that's what you've done so well. Um, you, you're successful at all the things that you do, but you also own a very successful contracting company. And you have your life set up to where you can, you can go mule deer hunt. Like we talked about the summit with, with you and I talked. You know, when, when you leave, you, you leave and you trust your foreman or whoever it is to get the stuff done. You work your ass off to make sure that it's set up. But not a lot of people realize that how much planning and years um, and thought goes into setting your life up to actually do the things you want to do. Does that make sense? Oh, total sense. You're you're spot on. It, it's uh it's years of work to get there. Like this end goal doesn't happen in a day, a week, a month, a year. Like it has to be this long-term important goal to you that you you keep making strides toward to set up your life to be able to enjoy that. You're spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's why I posted something a few days ago because it it really keeps coming up in all the podcasts I'm doing. A lot of us are willing to like in in our professional life we build business plans and we build PowerPoints and keynotes and all these things, but we won't take 10 minutes to write down our life plan. Like what our plan is past the next paycheck, past the next material thing we want to buy, like deeper, like take a month and actually think about how, like if you were to set your life up exactly how you want it 10 years from today and you're going to start working today to get there, what would that look like? Most people cannot answer that question. But if you ask them where they want their business to be in five years, a lot of people can answer that question. It's really funny to me. It's not funny. It's it's just an interesting thing because we're so, you know, one-dimensional sometimes around money. Um, and money is a component of it, obviously. But if you want to set your life up like Brian Barney, for example, money is just one dimension. The, another dimension is time. Another dimension is, is who are you married to? Another dimension is where do you live? Another dimension is do you own your own business or are you an employee? Because that's going to affect how much time you have off. Like there's all these things, and people just don't. Put, I think it's probably because they're, they're scared of it. It's a hard, it's a scary conversation because the 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 uh, the outcome of it might mean that you're not doing the right things and that people don't like hearing that, or it might mean that you are on the right track, which would be great. Most of the time, probably not, because we can all kind of reorient. <laughs> um, but people like you and like Ryan Lampers is another guy I talked to here um, on the podcast, and he spent a lot of years setting up his life to where he can go hunting for a month at a time. Now, 
he has a special marriage. Not a lot of marriages would last that, but he put the thought and the time in. And I think people just don't think about that. Do you agree? Wholeheartedly. Yeah. That, that introspection, like, uh, really self analysis uh, of where you're at, where you want to be and and which path you're headed down is so important. And, and we get so stuck in the, the day to day that, that we just can't step out of our lives and really look at it and see where we're headed or where our direction is. Like, like, um, yeah, it's, it's human nature and I see it all the time. And I think that's, uh, where you've done well, where I've done well, is trying to set up our lives uh, to be the best we can. And just like you said, like uh, all of us can make adjustments in different facets of your life. And so, like I think it's good to write down where you want your life to be. But but money's you know one facet of it, hunting's another facet of it. I mean, family life is so important to both me and you. And you know, I I just had this realization the other day. I've been um, pushing hard. I've got four homes going. I've got a personal home going, which is a fifth home. Like I have got so much going on, a huge hunting season plan, and I'm trying to get all this stuff done. And I I had to have this talk with myself the other night that, hey, you know, like, yeah, I may be hanging out with my family here, but I really like my uh, – I took my oldest daughter to one of the summits, and we spent the weekend camping together. I, I um, uh, had this realization the other day. So last night, you know, I was exhausted when I got home. It was a 90-degree day. I'd been working all day out in the sun. But my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter, she's 14, and so uh, she has a job, and um, she also hangs out with her sister, and they're in summer vacation. But this day, her older sister had to work, and so – she was at the house all day long, and I got home at 4 or 5 o'clock, and I just thought, you know, if I'm tough enough to go hike these mountains or if I'm tough enough to go get in my run, like I just – I really need to put forth this effort with my family to engage with them, to laugh with them, to have fun with them, you know, which I really try to do. But just like you said, we can all improve on that, and so like last night I was exhausted, but, you know, I picked her up. We went, and um, we were going to go jump off the bridge into the lake, and um, we were just hanging out together, but we got this drive out and driving out. I'm like, hey, you want to go run the hill with me? And she's really into volleyball, basketball, softball. She's just a sports nut. And I'm like, hey, this is how it could improve your game. And this is, you know, every once in a while I can talk her into running with me, you know. And so I talked her into running the hill with me. And we ran the hill. And then we went and jumped off the bridge into the cold water and swam back to shore. And we just laughed and had this, like, great engaging conversation. And I very easily could have sat at my house and been tired from my day work and not gone and done that but i'm just trying to to enrich my family's life around me so like we can all make improvements in our life but i think it's important to really look at where you want to be with all these different facets and write down a plan of how you can be better like we're all just improving at this life and nobody's perfect um so I, I just think it's so important what you're saying to really step back, look at your life, look at where you want to be in one year, five years, ten years, and start making the moves towards it. And you can't chase a buck your whole life. You know, it's like uh, it. you can, but it's just not this meaningful existence that I want to have with my life. You know, it's like uh, money is definitely a key element of it, but um, I, I just don't want to chase money my whole life. I want to chase personal happiness. I want to chase my hunting, my bow hunting dreams. I, I want to enrich my family's life, be the best husband, the best father I can. You know, there's all these different things that I want to do with my life. And I think stepping back and looking at it is so important. 
Yeah, agreed. Uh, and there is a way to make a lot of money. There's thousands of ways, maybe hundreds of thousands of ways to make a lot of money and have a, your life set up to do what you want. It's not, it's not like you have to choose one or the other, but, um, it's, it, it definitely seems to be the, the sticking point. Um, it's, it's the, when, when I talk to people, it's, well, you know, it's hard to leave my salary and it, I, I know I've done it. <laughs> uh, I've done it. I, I didn't make any money. I mean, literally almost zero money for over a year after I left Sitka. I mean, a thousand bucks here for this project or 500 bucks here, but it was nothing. I mean, I went down 99%. So yeah, trust me, I know. And that, that is, that takes, but that, see, here's the thing that takes planning. So if you know, you're going to do that, you got to spend a couple years saving. So you don't put your family in a bad spot. Um, it's, I'm not saying do anything hasty. Um, it's, it's all about like the way I look at it, it's like, you know, in the bowling alley, there's the bumpers you can put down in the gutters. You don't want to go in the gutters. You want to set the bumpers, but, and you, you're just picking a direction and you can go anywhere in the, in the, in the lane is fine, but just don't go in the gutters. Um, and just walk in that direction for an extended period of time. And eventually you're going to end up somewhere, somewhere close to maybe what you thought, probably not exactly, but a hell of a lot further than where you were with doing nothing and walk, not walking and just sort of spinning circles. So it's like, just, it's just pointing in a general direction with a general plan, a high level strategy and walking towards it brick by brick and day by day, month by month, year by year. And you wake up five years later, like I, this happened to me the other day, Brian, like someone asked me, okay, so what's your life plan? You know? And I'm like, okay, I'm happy to share it. <laughs> uh, he specifically asked me about the financial part of it. And I said, I want to be financially free by the time I'm 50. What does that mean? Well, for me, it means something different for me than it might mean for somebody else. Somebody might want, you know, yachts and, you know, chicks and jets. And that's not me (laughs) financially free for me and my wife. We have a very specific plan. And actually I know the exact or pretty close to the exact number, what it would take. Um, but, um, and then the other part of it was uh, creative freedom by by age 50, meaning I'm only working on things that I want to work on. I don't I can say no to whatever I want and I don't put my family in a bad place financially. Um, and then I realized I'm already doing that and I'm only four years into my plan. I'm already only working on things I want to work on. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize it because my head's been down, but I've already achieved creative freedom. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm four years into a 10-year plan, and I, I, I'm i not working on anything I don't want to work on. I mean, yes, ta- there's tasks within my jobs I don't love. Like, I don't like working on my, in QuickBooks and, like, reconciling expenses. I hate that shit. What I'm saying is, like, project level, I'm only working on stuff that I like, which is pretty amazing. Like, not a lot of people can say that, and I know that I'm lucky, but I've I've made it a goal. Yeah, um, same. I I know I, I know what my future looks like, or I know how I want to shape it. I know where I want to get, and you know, a lot of them are big, scary moves, you know. But I'm continuing to 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 work towards it, you know. Just like you say, it's um there. There's so much opportunity, but it 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 takes a while. Like you have to 
just like your your analogy in bowling, like you have to start taking those steps towards your end goal, and eventually you get there. Um, but but that's amazing, and it it um it it brings so much um uh personal happiness when you're really working on the things you do, and and in life, right? So you talk about QuickBooks, like. So much of life is made up of things you don't want to do. Like, um, and, and you know, that's like construction. And yeah, I enjoy construction. I I enjoy do it, but I'd rather be out fishing the salmon fly hatch right now. And so, like, you know, I have to spend some time like doing things I don't want to do. And for me, it's wrapping my mind around that and not letting myself get distraught or mad. Like, I found it was last Friday or the Friday before. And uh, I I had to do some insulation, which I hate fiberglass insulation. I never touch this stuff, but I had this client that wanted this soundproofing, and we had to get it done before the sheet rockers come in. I had all my guys on other job sites, so I had to go grab the insulation and spend eight hours in the fiberglass in 90-degree heat. And I found myself um, – I was mad. I, I was angry, and I would – I would hit a board on the top of the door jam and I'd start swearing and I just I was in this this funk all day long this upset mad and you know like I finally after I got off work and I I actually did throw some salmon flies on my way home but I just had this perspective <laughs> of like hey man like um you know you've got a good life here like you, you you're going to have to do things you don't want to do and that includes work or even as you get older going to the doctors or going in you know there's going to be a bunch of things in life that you don't want to do but are the necessary to get to your end goal and so like i love Mm -hmm. how you say you're only working on the projects you want to and me for the most part like i'm working on things i want to but there's still a lot of things that i don't want to do but for me it's just like getting in the the right headspace like nobody owns my mind and what i get to think about nobody owns my evenings nobody owns my weekends or my vacation time and i know that's coming up and i can look forward to that so doing these things i don't want to do like i just have to wrap my mind around i mean you know i train really hard for bow hunting i don't always feel like a run i don't always feel like being out in the heat and running after a day of construction but i make myself do it and i always feel better afterwards and that same thing like um you're going to have to work really hard to get to your goals and, and you you got to keep your head right while you're working on these things i i just think it's it's so important to, like to be in the right mental space yeah, I agree. And when I say I'm only working on things that I want, like there's a thousand things under each one of those projects that I don't want to do. That's just life. Like that's just work, right? Um, but generally speaking, the 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 pro like the high level projects and the business I'm working on energize me and they get me where I want to go. So I'm happy with that. Like I'm not. I don't wake up every morning and go, Oh my God, I don't. I, I hate my life. I hate my job. Um, that hasn't happened in years. Um, I, there's days where I wake up and I don't like the day or I don't like the tasks that I have to do or it's annoying. And, you know, like the other day, my wife and I it was 97 degrees and, she, you know, she, she, she's like, Hey, come help me in the garden and moving these big things and all around like working in the garden is not my forte. I don't, I don't enjoy it at all, but I did it and whatever. But, the point is, is just putting some thought into how you want your life set up and working towards it. And I think, I think as a, all the hunters that listen to your podcast, I think they don't realize how many skills they have that not a lot of people get the ability to develop. Like 
hunters are used to hard work, planning, sacrifice, discomfort, like all of the things that come into having a better life. Hunters do it every year. We do it every year. But most of the time, we won't apply those same philosophies to the, our broader life. Like we're willing to wake up at no man's hour and sleep deprived, dehydrated, starving, cold. Um, and, and we plan for that shit all year or for years. Some tags you're planning for 15 years or 20 years. But we won't sit down and write on a piece of paper where we want our family to be in five years. Man, that is so true. That is really beautifully put. Like, um, you're so right. Like, we're 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 building the skill set to to be happy in life, and and sometimes we don't even realize it. Like, uh, especially you know, I I um, like we're the lucky ones being hunters. We found our our passion, something that we truly love. And when you find something that you truly love, that you're passionate about, uh, you're willing to walk through broken glass to get to your goal. You're willing to do whatever it takes, and that's discipline and hard work. That's uh, dedication. It's um, you know, and it's a type two fun that you really have to work hard at like uh the an entire you know seven day hunt nine day ten day hunt is gonna be grueling you're gonna have to grind and push and put in all this work and you're willing to put in all this work to get to your end goal of arrowing a big buck or or any more for me it's like the enjoyment of the hunt and the adventure of the hunt i'm willing to put in all this work all this work to have this amazing adventure. Um, but, but you're right is that we don't apply a lot of that to our lives, writing down our plan and using these, these skill sets that we've developed and honed and, and being able to translate that into other facets of our life. And I think that's, um, so important. Like, um, I just love how you, how you, uh, uh, put that as far as, as hunters, like using these skill sets that we built to create a happy life for ourselves. And it, it's not easy, just like bow hunting's not easy. You know, you have to, you yeah, have to really exactly, want it, exactly you know? Right. I mean, I'm willing to like delayed gratification. Another great example, right? Uh, most people won't change their life up because they don't want to, uh, walk through that glass. Um, it, it just, it's not comfortable. Right. And they know it's going to be, yeah, my life's not great right now, but I got a paycheck. It's okay. You know, I can go have a beer with the boys on Friday night. Could it be a lot better? Oh yeah. But I'm not willing to make the sacrifice to get there yet. We will all like make sure that every year we know the exact dates of when to put in for preference points. For a tag, we may never get, but it'll probably be at least 15 or 20 years before we can actually arrow that bull. So we are, we as hunters think 20 years out on our hunting, 20 years, sometimes longer than that on the tags that you may never get. But every year you plan and prepare to put in for these things. You think wholeheartedly, you believe yourself that you're going to, this is the year, man, it's going to happen. And if I get it, I'm going to kill the biggest bull in my life. Like there's all this optimism and, and sense of adventure. And then when it comes to our personal life, we sit in the corner and like just, you know, kind of uh, cower and, and overtaken by fear and won't even like take a minute to start planning for that. It's, it, it's something that I've realized over the course of time. And when I say these things, it's not like I do all these things. This is why I know this. <laughs> I'm not judging people. This is what I did and do. And so I've learned these things. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not like a Harvard graduate 
I'm not like the smartest guy on the planet in, in some senses, but what I am is a pretty damn good bow hunter. And I think hunting, like think of it this way, Brian, this is a concept that I'm, I'm working on. Um, you're hunting your life. You're, you're chasing your, it's cliche, but it's, you're, you're, you're hunting your dreams. So if you look at it that way, you're going to wake up every day, even though you're not going to achieve your dream that day. Like this is how I am when I'm hunting every day. When I wake up hunting, I think I'm going to, I'm going to succeed. And 99% of those days I'm wrong. But if you looked at life the same way, wouldn't that be a great way to look at life? You wake up, I'm going to kick some ass today. Even though you might not, you probably won't. You add up 300 days like that or 1,000 days like that or 1,500 days like that. Somewhere along the line, you're going to start kicking ass. Hunting is no different than life. That's why we don't use, we don't use these skills. And I, I'm trying to figure out why we don't realize this. Um, I, I know that's kind of all over the place, but because it's something that I'm working on, but it, it really has become clear to me that we are missing the ball. Yeah. I, I really like your concept. I like, I like thinking about things like that. And I think, um, the same as you say, it's what you've done and what you're doing, uh, me included, you know, like I, I, I do that same thing. And I think it's, um, you know, it's like, it's like putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is where you grow. But I think we like sit back and, and we, we like the safety of it. We like the safety of the job we have now, the income we have now. It's like I'm safe now. I know things are paid for. Like I don't want to take this huge risk and and maybe risk failure to find the the life that I really want to live. I think that's a really difficult concept to take and that's, you know, it's what's held me back a lot of times is that you know, I'm so safe in my position and you're right. It's easier when it's just me. It's tougher when you do have a family that's reliant upon you where you do have to have a house, but it's uh, a house and food on the table and clothes for them. And you want to provide this good life for them and, and see them be happy and succeed in life. And so, um, you got like more chips on the table that you're playing with. You're not only playing with your personal chips, you're playing with your family's chips. And so it's, it's like, you know, and 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 I'm I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit more to make sure that my family's taken care of. But I think I get caught in this safety net. I like, you know, I have this income. I need this income. I need to keep doing this thing. You know, therefore I can't take this big risk and go do what I really want to do. Or a lot of times that's what holds me back, and that's what I'm trying to get better at. Is like. Uh, planning ahead, like you stated, like uh, having enough money to go, okay, I'm okay, family's okay, I know we're taken care of, you know, I've got my house paid for, like, okay, we're, I'm ready to make this move now, you know, and so I keep working towards this goal of where I want to get, but I haven't got to the place where I can take the leap yet, and I think that that safety is what's held me back, is like I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I have this good life now, and, and my family's taken care of, and I'm happy, but it could be better. And to be better, I yeah. need to keep walking down that, that bowling alley or keep walking down that lane towards my end goals. And eventually, in the near future, I am going to get there and I'm going to make those big, scary moves that have scared me my whole entire life because I've set up my life to be able to do that. But it, it has to be a long-term goal. Uh, you can't just quit your job without a plan. You know, Even though I know I'm a hard worker, I know I'll work things out, I've got multiple income streams, but still, I'm not to the place where I can jump off the cliff just yet. But 
I am working towards the cliff, and eventually I am going to jump. Well, I mean, sorry, I'm the king of analogies, Brian, but, like, who's better at managing risks than a hunter? Uh, it, like, I, there, there may be, like, mountaineers or, you know, pilots or something like that, but, like, in our group of people, like, think about it. As a hunter, like, I'll, look at, I'll just use you as an example. I'm assuming you have several backcountry trips planned, right? And you have already gone through years of refining processes to minimize your risk on that mountain. You have refined first aid kits, water filters so you don't get sick, the right shelter that you know is not going to collapse so you get wet and get hypothermia. Uh, you, You have probably like a satellite device that you know, you could you could you could in reach out if you break your leg. You have all these things that you have put thought into in minimizing your risk to allow you to take the risk of like spending ten days and at eleven thousand feet in Nevada in some harsh conditions or whatever you're doing. My point is is everything you said is correct, but I, I think people don't realize how much they can minimize their risk just off the skill sets they already have. It just takes time. Um, It's not about, like, I do not, I am not a proponent of people just giving the boss the middle finger at all. I think, I think, but I think you can, just like you plan for a hunt years out, like if you know you're going to Alaska to hunt sheep in three years, the biggest hunt of your life, you're spending $40,000 on it. You're going to put a lot of thought into that entire process, not, not make hasty decisions on any piece of gear, you're going to minimize your risk because you don't want to die um, and you're going to go do it. And it's going to be, it is a, it is dangerous, but you're probably going to come back if you, if you go through the process correctly. I think if we're talking about, you know, career change or something like that, it's, it's obviously not the same, but it, it's, it's not different in the sense that you can, if you if you know what you're aiming for, you can minimize risk and play, just kind of make your odds a little bit better. So you're like that's what when I left uh, Sitka, like I said, I didn't make much of any money, but I knew I could make enough money just to cover the like between my wife and I, and she was the primary breadwinner for that first year. But like I knew exactly how much money I needed. I had to figure out how to get just so we could cover our bills. So I'm like, okay, sink the, the our ship doesn't sink as long as we make X, which wasn't a lot, but it covered our bills. Yeah, we're not going to Hawaii or, you know, I'm not buying a new truck, but we're going to be okay. So that that made me feel a lot better. Okay, that's not so bad. Like, I can figure out a way to make, what, 1500 bucks a month or whatever the number was. Um, but, and then you go, okay, and then if I, if I can do that, now I feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that gives me a little bit more time to figure out how I'm going to get back to where I was. Um, I just think it's about minimizing risk, not taking too much risk. But again, as hunters, we do that all the time. We do that all the time. Yeah, you're right. Um, we're constantly minimizing risk. And, and whether that's the <laughs> gear that you bring or uh, watching storms or steep terrain or like uh, uh, it's in the forefront of your mind when you're backcountry bow hunting because – 
you know, life is so safe and so nerfed in your car and at your house and water comes out the tap and always food in the fridge. But when you're out there in the wilderness, it's it's like safety is number one. You can run into grizzly bears. You have storms and you have to make the right decisions to come out on top to keep yourself safe, uh, you know, to, to, to minimize risk, just like you're talking about. And we just need to apply that in our everyday life and minimize risk. And then that that cliff isn't so scary. All of a sudden, it's not a 100-foot cliff you're jumping off. It's a 20-foot cliff because you've minimized all this risk that you know you're going to be okay. And, and so it isn't about giving the boss the middle finger today. It's about structuring your life so in two years you can give them the middle finger when you are when you got all your bases covered, yeah. you know? And so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's uh, a, a great analogy. I just um, – yeah. Here, here I have think this about hunting... how excited you are. Go ahead. Think about how excited you are to, to – when you go through all the work to plan a trip, like let's just say it's a backcountry, big mountain trip, lots of risk, dangerous. I mean, people that live in the cities, if you told them some of the stuff you're doing, Brian, they'd be like, you're crazy, dude. Are you kidding? In grizzly bear country, you're going to go sleep by yourself out in the middle of the wilderness for 10 days with sharp sticks in, in this little thing called a quiver and – knives and guns and you're going to try to kill something and carry it out on your back like to most of the world that is a ginormous risk but to you when you get to that trailhead and you get out of your truck and put your backpack on that is the most freeing feeling and you're excited for the adventure you thrive on it because you know in your mind that you have done everything in your power to prepare for it and therefore it's just game on man like it's it's not to you, it's not that big of a risk, but to everybody else looking at it, you're, they're like, you're crazy. I would never go sleep by myself in grizzly bear country. You're absolutely insane. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So why are we so scared at life at making, you know, at minimizing our risk and making these big moves? We get we get frozen in the position we're in. We get comfortable with the safety of it and, and we don't minimize the risk and make these big moves in our life to build the best life we can because we only get one chance at this life. And it it seems like a long time when it's day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. But it's by in a flash, and um, you you see it as death gets present in in your life, like whether that's uh, you know your parents or your grandparents. Like I had my grandpa pass away that lived this great life, ninety one, uh, really full life, and and um, but you realize that that a lifetime is a blink of the eye, and it's what you make of it. And you know none of us are are. Uh, get, like not very many many of us are gifted with a silver spoon, and and I would argue that that's not the best way, anyways. That if you get everything paid for in life and you you're set up in life to succeed, a lot of those people aren't happy in life. They don't have the struggle or the uncomfortable situations, and life's about problem solving, and and, and life's about you know making your own path. And and I I think so much of us get caught in the safety of it. That we're not creating the absolute best life we can for ourselves, and and I would argue that me and you are really trying to make the best lives for ourselves that we possibly can. And I live a a great life with my family and my work and my bow hunting, my passion. Like I live a really good, balanced life where I'm really happy in it. 
but things can always be better. You know, it's like I can always work and better for me is not more money. It's more time, you know, and so it's being able to structure my life where, uh, you, you know, just like you, I don't need a yacht. I don't need a brand new truck. What I need is more time on my side and financially secure to know that my bills are paid for and my family's taken care of. We have a nice house to live in, not some super mansion, but a nice home to live in. And so it's continuing to work towards these goals to build this life I want at 45 or at 50 or whatever the number is. And, and I just, I, I think, um, I, I think I just need to keep minimizing risk, keep on the path I'm on and, and just keep thinking about it. Like having perspective in my life and readjusting, just like you said, you make a plan and you, you don't end up at that end plan. It's going to look different a couple years down the road. You're going to have to readjust or reanalyze where you want to be, and and things change. Like you're not the same person that you were five years ago or ten years ago. Like you continue to adapt and evolve into this different human being that thinks different, that that operates different. And I I think it's like continuing to be a student of the game, like continuing to learn, continuing to try to better yourself, to be better and to self-analyze and, and see where you can make improvements. Yeah. Um, just another example, you know, why do you run every day? You run every day and I'm saying you, cause I know you do. And you're, you're an amazing, you're a mountain goat. The reason you do that isn't so you can run a marathon at the end of the day to win a race for some medal. The reason you do that is because over the course of a long period of time of doing that every single day, when you go to take your adventure, you're minimizing the risk on your body to get tired, to get injured, to, you know, all the things that it, you are preparing your body for a, for a risky environment. And if you don't prepare your body for that risky environment, there's bad things that can happen and you won't be as successful. So my point is, Brian, you take little steps every day of your life to make your body and mind better for the long term. Um, again, it's, it's no different, really. It's just um, the exercise thing is a little bit more tangible than like, and, and you can see results a little faster than if you start doing some of the other things we're talking about. So it's a little sexier. But you are one of the more disciplined people that I know in terms of that. And that always, I, I think about it all the time because I struggle staying disciplined for more than a few months at a time. I get tired of running. I get tired of riding a bike. The only thing that I can, like physical exercise that I can do without it, like I love hiking. Um, but my point is, is like you have something long-term in your mind. Therefore, every day you're going to take chips away at it. So when you get to said situation, you're good, man. You're not one of those guys that's getting winded. You know, you're not going to pull a hammy more than likely. You're you're not going to say no to a buck because it's down in some steep drainage. That's all preparation and minimizing your risk, <laughs> right? So true. Yeah, it's so true. We just yeah. need to apply these skills that we learn through backcountry hunting, these these skills and lessons, and uh, apply them to our everyday life. And and you're right. Maybe it isn't as sexy or as tangible as something like working out for a backcountry hunt. Uh, but but it it's our life, and we get one chance at it. And the goal in our life is to be as happy as we can be. And 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 once we're happy and we love ourselves, then then we can enrich the people's lives around us, the our family and our friends. And I 
I love um, I, I love my family and I love my friends and I love doing really good things for them and enriching their lives and being this this positive influence in their lives. Like um, uh, it may be what what makes me the happiest in life is getting to a point where I'm personally happy and then uh, uh, helping them out. And whether it's my daughter that's going to college and uh, we just, you know, and I know financial isn't always the way you help people out, but, you know, getting her a computer, getting ready to move down there, you know, given her a car that we've let her use for so like just getting her set up right for college to enrich her life and to have this college experience and just you know not letting her worry like her college is going to be sixteen thousand dollars a year and and trying to help her out as much as we can so she doesn't walk away with a bunch of debt even though she does need to take some debt and some personal responsibility in her education and where she's headed that's going to teach her good lessons but just try to help her along the way or you take a uh, my my good buddy Dan is um, getting married to his fiance here in a week and a half, and um, they threw a bachelor party. And or I'm the best man. I guess I was supposed to throw the bachelor party or whatever. But but we're just not typical guys, and we're in our 40s. Like we're you know, so it's like it, it's a bit different. But for him, like uh. Uh, took him fly fishing down the salmon fly hatch, and sure, I got my house to work on and and uh, a, a million different things to do. But instead, you know, I put this thing together where you know I I get all the the drinks, the beer, the food, the the flies, the drift boat, set the whole thing up, you know, so I can take my buddy and his friends like on this amazing adventure. You know, it's like doing nice things for other people, enriching their lives. You can only do that when you're in a good position yourself, when you're in a happy position yourself if you're in the depths of your own mind and not happy where you're at it's really tough to enrich your family's life it's tough to be happy around them to laugh to to engage with them instead you're just in your own head and so like i think we need to work on our personal happiness first and then work on enriching our our family and friends lives and i think that's like the the best life we can live yeah i want you the work starts with you and that's usually where people F it up is because most of us don't like a lot of work. <laughs> I have a question. I have a question for you, Brian. Yeah. Where, where are you headed next? Uh, as far as bow hunting or as far as life in general? Yeah. Bow hunting. Um, Oh man, I, I'm stoked. Uh, uh, this is going to be a big season for me. So, uh, uh, I've got, uh, Nevada coming up August 10th, uh, Montana antelope season, August 15th. Uh, I've got, uh, uh, gonna hunt high country mule deer in Montana, which Montana is not known for high country mule deer. Uh, so I've got a trip planned for that. And then, um, I got super lucky and drew Shiras moose tag and the gravelly range. So my home range, just this beautiful mountain range. And, uh, so I've got that, uh, going to be hunting elk in that same range. So with gas prices high, I'm hunting a lot around home. Uh, and then I've got a couple other muley tags going to be hunting, hunting the rut. So, uh, it's going to be a really full season for me, but yeah, getting my personal house to a place where it's dried in. I've got the subs in there. I don't have to worry about it as much getting all my projects to a place again, that, that planning and, uh, uh, risk management, not risk management for my life. I mean, I'm doing that as well, but risk management to make sure that everything's taken care of and dialed in, you know, with my family, with my work so I can go on these amazing adventures. But to that Nevada high country and we tried to put something together with us both this year and we still need to do a hunt together uh, that's really important to me to uh, 
um, uh, hang out with you in a, a different setting, and that different setting is in the place that we both love in the wilderness. But uh, you've hunted this mountain range before. It's a beautiful high country, rugged, extreme bow hunting adventure, and um, man, that's just what fuels me day in, day out. Absolutely. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. And I just don't know where or when. It'll probably be next year. As you know, I I, uh, I missed a draw here recently just because I was an airhead and didn't put in for one of the tags we had thought about. But, dude, that sounds like a fun season. I'm so, you know, the hardest part of leaving Sitka for me and coming back to Oregon was leaving Montana. The first time I drove into Montana, I looked over at my wife and I said, I want to live and die here. This is the most amazing place I've ever been. We lived there for seven years. Being able to have that quality of hunting out your back door for everything from antelope to elk is so amazing. And I still get to hunt there when I can draw a damn tag, obviously. But uh, and Oregon's amazing too. I can I can be hunting Roosevelt elk 20 minutes out of my door, so I'm not complaining. But it's just a little bit different. So when you start saying the gravelies and you know Shiras moves and all that stuff, oh man, that makes my heart hurt. I I, I do miss Montana. Um, and I'm super stoked you drew that tag. That's going to be so fun. Plus, it's cool because you can hunt moose while you're hunting elk. <laughs> oh man, it's a it, it's an absolute combo hunt for sure. Yeah, it, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for it. And I've put in a couple scouting days, but I've been so tied up here that I. I haven't got up there, and part of the excitement of these tags is the anticipation and the scouting and the preparation, and so I'm really looking forward to like the next month, uh, uh, spending my my weekend mornings up there in country looking around and things, but um, yeah, well, what do you got coming up for adventures, David? I know the draw was tough on you this year, but you always have some hunts, and it's like important to enjoy what's right around you, too, and you get the opportunity to hunt Roosevelt elk, which is a really cool opportunity, and I know that you talk about Rocky Mountain like you almost uh, uh, talk that you like hunting them more but boy that's a pretty special experience to be able to hunt those Roosevelt's in Oregon mm-hmm. and something you said to me at the Western Hunting because I was in a you know a little bit of a tag depression when I saw you at the summit um, and you said something to me that actually helped me a lot so I appreciate it you didn't know it but yeah dude I don't draw tags I don't know if anybody from ODF&W or Montana Fish and Wildlife and Parks or Nevada or Utah is listening. Why? Why? <laughs> Why can't I draw a tag? Uh, I did draw a Montana antelope tag, so I'm looking forward to that. We're actually going to do a late hunt on that. Like, I usually hunt them August 15th when it opens, and I might for a few days just for fun. But we're actually going to um, go later in the season when they're rutting um, after after elk is done in Oregon. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. I've always, I've done it like for a day here, a day there, but I've never dedicated like five, six days to it. Try to decoy them or something. I don't know yet, but so anyways, yeah, Oregon opens actually dude. Oregon opens in like five weeks. It's for elk. It's wow. insane. I can't believe how fast it's come. I just got back from an axis. It was a, it was a family vacation. I hunted axis deer a few mornings. Um, Unfortunately, I had a couple bucks jump my string, and I missed them, and I ended up just bringing a doe home. But, um, uh, yeah, Roosevelt elk. Oh, sorry, back to what I said. You said when I saw you and I told you I didn't draw anything, you said, well, sometimes seasons like that are the best seasons to just focus on what you have. 
and really, really do a good job on it. Um, and I'm like, oh, so I have this, I am like going all in on trying, I've never killed, I've killed a lot of Roosevelt, but I've never killed a giant. And I've missed a couple, um, had some heartbreaks, but I've never brought one home. And so I'm going to focus on killing a giant Roosevelt um, for late August in the middle of September. Um, and that's my number one priority from a hunting perspective. And then, um, yeah, Montana antelope. And then I'm going back to Colorado and doing a backpack rifle, a late rifle hunt backpack. We're going in 10 miles to this basin that, that uh, we found that's full of bulls and bucks. And my buddy has a mule deer tag and I have an elk tag. I'm doing that. And then I'll probably go to Arizona in January for, uh, depending on how much they change around tags and stuff, uh, for mule deer. Man, that might be the hunt that we do together in January, if not next year, you know, planning one of these ones. But yeah, that, uh, uh, January, Arizona, they, they did that, um, they did change things up quite a bit with the tags and how they're going to do things. But yeah, that might be the one that we do together. But, uh, what, what a great season. I think that's, um, that's so awesome that uh, perspective change. It just like okay, tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by. So when I when I draw a tag, I'm gonna get the most out of that experience. I'm gonna spend the most time I can, put in the most effort, and, and I'm gonna enjoy this because uh, this is a great hunt, and this is uh, I know I have it, and so spend more time doing it. And I also uh, I think that's amazing hunting antelope during that rut. It doesn't get any better. And and a lot of years I have a bunch of August hunts where I'm hunting mule deer and so i don't get a chance to hunt antelope until that september and it's right around my house and so i can go evenings um but i think hunting antelope during the rut might possibly be the funnest hunt out there like it is so action-packed and it's such a good chance to kill a giant antelope uh so so you're gonna have a lot of fun doing that and it sounds like you're going with some buddies too uh which it's really fun to share that experience with friends and then um Colorado, that's amazing. It, what a great combo hunt with your buddy with the mule deer tag and you with an elk tag uh, and uh, just the purest form of hunting there is, you know, hunting out of a backpack and back 10 miles in this secluded basin. So, man, it sounds like you got an awesome season planned. I'm psyched to see what you turn up. Yeah, the other thing I, I forgot to mention is my Joel Turner, our, our, our buddy Joel Turner is coming out back to Oregon. Several years ago, he came out and hunted late blacktails with me, and uh, he killed a really nice buck. Um, he's coming back out this year, and we will do uh, a week dedicated to trying to kill some giant blacktails out of tree stands um, in that late. We have a late late season here. It's right around you know Thanksgiving time. It's kind of post-rut. Um, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, so I have a great season. I, I bitch about not getting tags, but really I don't even know if I'd had time to do much more with how much I have going on. So I have a great year. I'm, I'm, dude. As of we have COVID going around the house this week. As soon as I get rid of this COVID crap, I'm, I'm out in the, I'm out picking the, trying to find the bull that I want because these Roosevelts, they'll be with cows. A month from today, they start getting their harems all rounded up as soon as their velvet goes off it's early so we don't have much time wow that's wild uh 
I have such a soft spot for those uh, Roosevelts and then also the Blacktails as I grew up in Western Washington hunting them um, and, and and left Western Washington at 19. And so, you know, I didn't really have the hunting skill set that I have now. And I've been back once to hunt Blacktails, but they're just such a wild deer. Like they're, they're really stocky and black coloration. And then they've got those red horns on them and they're just a ghost. Like they're really tough to hunt. Uh, they'll go nocturnal, uh, but I have such a soft off spot for those critters that you're hunting the the roosevelt and the blacktails and i do have big ambitions and dreams of going back uh whether that's washington or oregon and and uh hunting them a bit because they it is so fun like in that coastal rainforest just with the ferns and the giant trees and it's it's definitely really challenging you know it's not open country where you glass a lot unless you're in a, a clear cut or alder slide or something like that uh but it hones a different set of hunting skills and that's like you're still hunting uh, skills and like all these skills that we develop uh, they go to making us a complete hunter and so uh, I really have a soft spot for those animals and can't wait to see what you, well, you turn up any, anytime you want to you know revisit your roots man come on out but the black tail season is fun because I'm not sitting all day I can't even barely sit for two hours um, <laughs> and actually I really enjoy still hunting black tail it's almost pointless because it's really hard but um uh, that black tail season is a, a good, fun social hunt too. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm excited. I think it's going to be an amazing year and I'm really, I've been having dreams of this Roosevelt. I've had like four or five dreams of this giant crowned black horned Roosevelt. I don't know where it is. Um, I haven't, you know, these things, they don't pop up. Every, they get killed here. You know, it, it, it's over the counter. The, these bulls, they have a, in the country that I'm hunting, because there's a lot of cuts, um, they don't make it to six, seven years old very often. They get shot. Um, so finding a bull at that caliber, I missed one four years ago that someone else killed that scored 330, which is a giant Roosevelt. Oh, my gosh. Um, and But finding, you know, finding a bull like that where I hunt happens maybe once every five or ten years. Um, the rest of the time you're hunting you know, nice five points and little sixes and stuff, which is fine. Believe me, I, I shoot them when they walk by. That's one of the reasons I haven't killed a giant. But um, finding those, like, just dinosaurs is really hard. So I don't know where this bull that I've been dreaming about lives right now, but I'm going to find out. I love it, dude. Uh, you've had the premonition. It will happen. Yeah, no, that's amazing, man. Um Dude, I really enjoy our conversations. I know this is a hunting podcast, and we related it a lot to hunting, but I just love talking to you about life and personal growth. You have such good insight, and like I say, you've made the moves yourself. Uh, I just really admire you, uh, everything you stand for. I love the new podcast. Thanks so much for having me on there. Uh, make sure to check it out, The Altitude Show. Uh, love your music, your art form. You're so good at it. And to hear it live, uh, like at the summit, is absolutely amazing, man. Um, I, I don't know. Like I love listening to it in my rig, but I just don't know if it does it justice as live music. I God dang it. Live music, it's like a... It speaks to me like it. It it talks to me like it's um uh it it almost has this uh uh, uh this reaction with my body or so like it's um it's just a different art like live is amazing but make sure to go check out David's music and well I feel the same way dude and I look forward to getting on the mountain and I guess I'll see you whew, 
probably at the probably at the uh, the expo in Jan- in February. Absolutely. Yep. If not in January, hunting mule deer. No, I, I'll probably, I might see you at a total. You, are you going to go to any total archery challenges or anything? Oh, um. So uh, no, I don't have plans to. We'll see if I make the one here in Big Sky. Uh, I've got so much going on, and then I've got to be down at the one at Utah. Uh, we're going to speak at Fieldcraft Survival and Black Rifle Coffee Company, but then I've got to make it home for that wedding that I was telling you about, and so I won't be able to shoot the tack in Utah. But, yeah, uh, maybe the one in Big Sky, so, yeah, maybe I'll see you there. Well, if you're going to be in Salt Lake for any portion of time, I'm going to be there as well, so make oh. sure you say hi. Yeah, um, let's connect down there for sure. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it, man, and uh, – well, let's do it again soon. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, fun podcast with David. Uh, you know, it just reminds me to be intentional with my life and everything that I'm doing, my family, my work. Um, so it's a good reminder for me. And uh, I just always really enjoy these in-depth conversations. It seems like I get done with these podcasts and I'll be thinking over things for the next couple days or handful of days. Uh, so I want to thank David Brinker for coming on. Make sure to check out his new show, The Altitude Show. Uh, great podcast, great guests. Also, make sure to check out his music. He just released a new song that's a great one. Uh, I believe it's Sage and Juniper. Um, man, don't quote me on the exact title, but it's a great song. I really enjoy it. So um, thanks again to David for being on. Uh, thanks for you guys for listening in. Uh, thanks to our sponsors from the show, Sig Sauer Optics. Uh, that new rangefinder, make sure to go check it out with the archery speeds in it. And if you already have one of those rangefinders, uh, you can go to their website and they have a download to get the archery um, speed uh, update into your rangefinder that you already have. So a great feature. Make sure to check that out. Also love those ran- the uh, image stabilizing binoculars. Standard binoculars, spotting scope, rifle scopes, they have everything. Check them out. Uh, Make sure to check out Black Ovis. Uh, Those guys are hunters as well. I had a really good conversation with one of the head guys over there, Marcus. Really enjoyed it. He's got a great Utah tag this year he's really looking forward to for elk. And um, a bunch of great products and a bunch of savings. Like that point game is crazy. Uh, One point is $1 and you get so many points back for every purchase. And then you can use that on new purchases. Again, I just use their game bags. Uh, They work flawlessly for me. I'll use them again. Uh, Also, make sure to check out Camo Fire. Just screaming good deals. Over 80 hunting deals every 24 hours. They come up for auction and you can really save some coin on that. And last but not least, Forever Barnwood, just this amazing company, uh, creates great products, and I'm doing custom doors on my place, I'm doing box beams, I'm doing um, base and case trim, they also have flooring that looks amazing, they've got tongue and groove, they've got shiplap, they've got pieces and parts for cabinets, uh, just a bunch of amazing products if you're building a Western home or any home, really. It makes for a great highlight, and it's going to make my house one of a kind. Couldn't be more excited about it. So thanks to those guys at Forever Barnwood. And with that, make sure to check out our Mule Deer course. 
Oh, uh, the Black Ovis, uh, put in elevated 10 to save 10% as well on your order. Uh, and then uh, make sure to check out our Mule Deer course, uh, Eastman's Mule Deer course. You can search that. Uh, just some great information. It's sure to cut your learning curve on Mule Deer, give you a better understanding of Mule Deer. I have absolutely everything I've learned hunting Mule Deer all compiled in one place there at the Mule Deer course. We also have Dan Bacar, uh, who's worked really hard on it, and Guy Eastman as well. So uh, really proud of that. And uh, we'll have new videos dropping on that all the time. So um, check that out. Check out everything we do at Eastman's, Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. Check out Beyond the Grid, our Eastman's Hunting TV show. Search Eastman's Hunting TV. You can find it there on YouTube. Uh, got some great new ones dropping. Uh, I've got a new one coming out. It's a backpack late season rut hunt. Uh, had to wear orange, but just a great bow hunt. I think that one turned out really well. And then I've got a late season one coming up as well. And I just recorded this early season one, so that one will be in the works. It'll be a bit uh, before they get everything edited down, but really proud of that as well. And man, um, hunting season is finally here. It's so nice to go on some of these big adventures and um, uh, hang out with buddies and really cut loose and have some fun. So I've been having fun with that. Been chasing antelope around, looking for a next level antelope. Uh, been schooled a couple times, which um, just reminds me, you know, everything's got to be perfect on these stocks. And um, these antelope have a way of humbling me sometimes. You know, it's just uh, you make any mistake and they've got you. So, uh, definitely made a couple of mistakes, but I've also made some good plays. Gosh, I chased a buck for six hours the other day and, uh, just didn't quite come together, but, um, hoping I can get this podcast out. I got a couple more meetings to do, uh, and then hoping I can maybe get out tonight and, uh, the rest of this week and keep chasing those things around looking for a next level antelope. So, uh, I know you guys got some good hunts coming up. Uh, man, have some fun, cut those legs loose and, um, uh, make sure you're thinking about that shot as when that shot comes, you want to put a precise shot on those critters. So, um, thanks so much you guys for the support of the podcast and support of me. I really appreciate it. And with that, I'll check in with you guys next week.